what, what, what is it? What is it that we came here to do? What, what is it? What is it? Um, we we came here to talk to Sean about his um, not safe for work comics. Correct. That, that, that is correct. It's you know Ish? it's got. There's more depth to it than that. But I mean, there's but more depth to it. But I mean, <laughs> my bad. It's not wrong. It's just it's, not. It's, it's not, not for work. <laughs> mm. Also, just to give uh, people a heads up, listening, I I don't really drink anymore, and I decided to have a drink today, so. Yeah, you know, because I because yeah. I invite yeah. him on to do something, and he's just like, "Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to as well, you know? Why not? Got to stick to the brand." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I am Jared Bittekheim. This is uh, this is my good friend. We all may know him uh, as, as James. I also call him Husky Poo. He's he's my good friend, and he and he and we are here with Mr. Sean Hainsworth. I hope I am saying the last name correctly. Yep, that's all right. me. Haha, <laughs> I didn't mess that up. See, suck it, Anthony. I didn't mess up yet. So anyway, we're we are very much here. We were we were approached about talking about Mr. Sean Hainworth's upcoming comic, and we were reached out to, and I was like, I don't know how I don't know how they even found us, but hey, I'm totally open with doing anything that's in relation to comic books, so go for it, yes. Oh, with that, as we as we tend to do here, James is more of the interviewee kind of person. Questions of things, I'm more just ask random questions. James, you're more interview per se. Is there anything that we should open this with before I just start delving into the random things that I'm going to bring up? The first thing we need to do is uh, have Sean tell everybody a little bit about himself. Um, maybe a little bit of background and um, what got you into writing in the first place. Yeah, sure. Be happy. So, um, uh, first thing you should know is that I'm old. Um, so, um, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I started out making, um, documentary films back in the nineties. Um, and, uh, I, um, I made about five feature length documentaries, but I was always interested in writing, um, you know, screenplays, fiction. Um, and when my kids were born, I stopped traveling around the world, making documentaries. And uh, I started writing late at night, um, you know, uh, and I had a whole bunch of ideas collected over the years. And uh, I started producing some screenplays and some, you know, half completed novels of which Aerotech was one. And uh, at a certain point, I just decided, you know, I'm going to start producing these because there's no point in writing them to sit uh, in a file on my computer. Um, and, uh, I, um, so one of the, one of the more recent pieces, uh, it's called Woodstake. It's about a vampire at Woodstock. Um, and I'm I took that down to the office. Clever. Clever. Um, and, uh, and like <laughs> while I was there, I just thought, you know what? I, um, the, you know, the problem with, with being a screenwriter in, in short is that you don't own anything and you don't have any control, right? If you're lucky enough to sell a screenplay, you pretty much just say goodbye to it and they can do whatever they want with it. And you don't even own the intellectual Chop product. it to bits and change everything, but they like the concept kind of deal. Yeah, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Off you go, man. And uh, so I decided I was going to do these comics. I love comics. Um, I, you know, I was not a big Marvel DC guy, but I was kind of a R. Crumb, Mad Magazine um, kind of kind of kid. Um, and then I fell into 
um, like Watchmen and Frank Miller's Dark Knight and some of that stuff in the 80s. And then um, picked up some of the indie comics, um, you know, from Image and Dark Horse, you know, sort of Hellboy and, and that kind of stuff in the 90s. Um, and I was always in the love. Dark Horse, is that who did the, uh, who did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That's a good question. I should that know that. The guy who I, I, that. When you said you said Dark Horse, and that's, that's the first thing that popped into my head. So I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's and he lives and like maybe it is. over from me. I've never met him, but no he's a local, shit. local hero. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Where, where do you live? I live in uh, Western Mass. I live in um, he lives in Amherst, um, and I live kind of across the river in um, Northampton, near Northampton, Mass. It's all kind of central Western Mass. Oh, right on. Right on. Yeah. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so I just decided I was going to take um, these three stories that I've been working on recently, find myself artists, and produce them. And so, um, and Kickstarter now is a is a beautiful thing for independent creators. Amazing, amazing thing. Um, and it's a lot more possible these days. Um, a lot of great artists out there. And so I just went for it, and uh, I found three really great artists. Um, you know, particularly Jeffrey Kroshek, who did. Um, Aerotech was just, you know, a, an incredible find. I can't believe we managed to hook up because he's just so perfect for this project. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, we're, we've done two Kickstarters. Um, we've done about 11, 12,000 over the two Kickstarters, um, which surpassed yeah. my wildest dreams when we started. <laughs> I <laughs> and, would say uh, so, man. Yeah, and we're rocking and rolling. So I got issue two of Woodstake coming out next month. I got issue two of the sci-fi um which is called killing machine coming out um probably in september um and uh aerotech 2 we're gonna launch probably early next year so um so we're moving hell yeah, yeah. absolutely badass all good um, news then man yeah. yeah so so yeah i guess you kind of went over your inspirations for for what uh in terms of comics that have kind of put you where you're at with your writing um what, I guess, what, what made you decide to go with vampires? You know, it was really just Woodstake. Um, you know, the idea hit me uh, of a vampire at Woodstock, and uh, it was just kind of too delicious. <laughs> well, the name's fantastic. And, you know, the other thing is, I mean, I grew up, you know, kind of in the 70s, and we were still kind of in awe of hippies. Um, but then at a certain point you realize that they were just so naive, you know, there's just, you know, um, it's interesting to, to see more time pass and see what happened to that generation. Um, yes, yeah. but, but there was so much optimism and there was so much, you know, um, you know, really actually peace and love for the most part. There was a lot of yeah, other, they things. weren't wrong. I'll they say that wrong. the world just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And so That's true. who, who do you throw into that world but the most cynical creature in the universe, right? A vampire that just, you know, yes. wife awesome. and leaves their dead body by the side of the road. So, um, you know, and of course, he's got to drink the blood of, uh, of somebody who's been tripping on LSD. So now we got a vampire. Oh, <laughs> shit. You know, yeah, it, it just, there's too much fun. That so, sounds way interesting. Yeah. Uh. See, that's, where I was, that's where I was hoping that that might go is like, what, what if the, you know, with all the drugs and things that are being passed around, like, would he? I'm so glad to hear that that is something that comes yeah. up. <laughs> he actually gets stoned with somebody and they're talking about like life in the universe, you know, so. Um, but there's so much great stuff in there. Actually, one of the fun details I found is that 
um, a small cinema had brought a 16 millimeter projector and was showing movies um, up at Woodstock, um, one of which was Nosferatu. Um, nice. So I've got him, you know, blundering into a screening of Nosferatu um, at one point. So, um, nice. you know, it's definitely like there's a lot of cultural references, um, which, you know, a lot of readers will not get. Um, but that's OK. Like, um, you know, it's, <laughs> the ones that appreciate it will appreciate it. They will that's definitely appreciate sure. it. Indeed. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm aiming for that kind of Shaun of the Dead type blend of, you know, cultural comedy, but real horror. Like, I want this to be scary. Absolutely. Um, hey, so, when you yeah. write your next episode, can you toss in some Lost Boy references for me? Yeah, you're talking about the Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland Lost Boys. Yeah, yes, I love that. Like real vampires, the, the, those the things that disappeared and now they sparkle. Those ones, the, the yeah. real ones. Yeah, from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that is actually probably one of my favorite vampire films in the eighties. Oh, absolutely, yeah. one of my favorites of all time, movie wise, like at God, all. Yeah, I, I, it's fantastic. It really is. It really is. It's scary as shit, too. <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. it at five years old probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. Who's to say? I think I love we it. turned out fine. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> Except for you're wearing a suit. Uh, yeah, well, we all know, know you don't wear a suit. <laughs> you would if you had it. You, he would. I, I think he the last time I wore a suit. That's why his camera's not on. <laughs> Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody needs to see. <laughs> um, so, speaking of all, if you know, everything you write seems to have like a horror inspiration. Was there, like, growing up, was there any kind of like? Because I know for me personally, I'm more like, I like slashers and and like monster flicks. Like, if it's a monster thing, it's guaranteed I'll turn it on. I probably won't turn it off, even if it's terrible, just because I'm like, no, it's people running gotta, around screaming. There's see a thing, there. like. <laughs> Uh, what what like inspires you? Like, what was your more of your realm and all of that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So I was I was definitely a film geek. Um, you know, I studied film in college, and I just got obsessed with all kinds of film. Like, um, you know, starting with Buster Keaton and The Silence, and um, you know, through um, you know, I got became really obsessed with samurai movies and spaghetti westerns and westerns okay. and. Um, you know, horror, it's funny. I have a funny relationship with horror. So I like horror, but I like it when there's more of a concept behind it. Um, you know, I'm less into just, uh, you know, the slasher movie for the sake of the, Aimless bullshit. you know, the jump scares yeah. and stuff. Um, I know yeah. a lot of people that just adrenaline goes for that and I totally get that. And that's fine. That's not, uh, I was like, you can have the, both though. You can have both. If yeah. you can, do it, it just right? has to be a good balance of it though. You know, like the first three Friday the 13th movies and everything after that was just garbage. Yeah, the, the next, what, nine? How many did they make? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, the next couple after three were okay. Didn't they put, yeah. didn't they put Jason on the moon saying. at one point or Jason in yes. space? Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to lie. X. I like Jason X. Uh, Jason I, X, that's the one, yeah. Probably one of the few people that actually liked it because it was, they did, they tried really hard to put something behind it. Yeah, and, and I mean, it all makes sense if you wrap your head around it. I mean, what he is, what he could be, and another nanite technology yeah, like shit. That, it's Dude, interesting it's with it too. Like, like it. it is a science fiction type <laughs> thing because he's like a space yes, creature, right? Exactly. Yeah, space yep, horror. Yeah. Um, space horror is a cool, a cool genre. I'd take an alien over Jason Voorhees in my spaceship any fucking day of the week. Yeah. 
I know I can kill the xenomorph. I, I can't. I mean, Jason. you could, but what? At you, what well, cost? yeah, but he comes back. <laughs> exactly, cost? he comes back. What's uh-huh. the point? He's just gonna come back. Yep, he's gonna. <laughs> you kick him out of your spaceship. Next thing you know, he's he's on the planet you land on. You know, I mean, that's how it's gonna work because it's him. So true. He, he walks really slow in space to get there. <laughs> Floats. <laughs> Let, let's let's get real here let's i mean come on for me Physics. the horror film of the 80s that we were all obsessed with was the thing john carpenter's the thing mm. um, of course like i mean yeah. come on i mean just so so brilliant and so you know wonderfully terrifying and funny at the same time just that paranoia um uh, is just brilliant yeah um, and actually, you know, I actually saw, I showed my, my son, the, uh, the original thing from the, from another world, um, Howard Hawks in the 1950s. Oh, wow. And that's actually okay. a good film too. It's, yeah, it's it not, yeah, it's not, it's not John Carpenter's the thing, but it's pretty awesome. So yeah, There's that was our inspiration. Ones that are really for, good. Actually yeah. have really good stories. You know, I would um, love to see followed today. Well, that's something Followed. like, uh, with John Carpenter's the thing, uh, I know it's been circling around for a while. I don't know who all is actually going to do anything with it. Uh, but I know that the, the story that it was based on, they, I guess they found like the, the entire finished thing. And there has been talks about making something on that to, to complete the story. I don't know if anyone's actually going to do it, but I have heard that getting thrown around quite a bit. I saw the, if they do, please don't. Yeah, Yeah. I, I did not. It's funny watching that prequel, you know, where it ends with the wolf running toward their camp, right? So it's like <laughs> it ends with the beginning of the thing. But it was it was funny. I was watching that and I'm thinking it's using all of the same devices, yeah. but it's just not working. It just nothing worked. It, 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 it I don't it know why really exactly. I, I, yeah. th- that was a movie where it, it was meant to be a prequel, but it, it felt like it was trying to be a remake at the same time. And it it seems to just trip over itself trying to decide what exactly it's trying to do, which is a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking you can just do the same thing and it's going to work, but it doesn't work. I mean, Carpenter's a great director. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they just didn't have it. So, and I don't know how you make a, something that happens afterwards. I mean, you could potentially, I mean, it's left open. Ended, I mean, but yeah. Yeah. That is, that, that is also a whole nother. There are some clever writers out there though. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, someone could do it. He's got a great person. James is also a vampire. You can't can't be in the same. I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's why I'm trying to uh, adjust my curtains. I can feel the burn. <laughs> the burn, man. Okay, so, so yeah, John Carpenter's thing. No, I, I would agree there. The, that one, I think that's a movie that. I mean, I was brought up with that by my dad at a young age just because he saw I was already starting to get into that kind of thing. Like, yeah, no, John Carpenter's thing, I think, will always be a classic. For the simple fact, like, most movies were like That one won't age. Yeah, that movie won't age outside of its resolution. Like, it's... it's, And there's AI upscaling and all that shit that can change anyways. The practical effect work that Carpenter used in in those, in like all those, all of his movies, honestly, like, because another one that's like more of like a guilty pleasure for me, because I know (laughs) rewatching it now, not the best movie ever. It has its issues, but it's still fun. Uh, John Carpenter's Vampires is another one where it's like, 
the practical effect use in that, like, you're not going overly CGI to make your vampires, and there's a lot of, like, just neat use of vampires on that one as well. So that's another one where it's, like, the practical effects I enjoy. So John Carpenter, like, the thing, like, it's the, the practical use the where practical things can look realistic and it holds movies. up still. And I, I think will always be that too. God only knows. I, I think that's part of why I like Lost Boys so much. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. it's held I, up. I mean, held up time. as a um, as an example of outstanding special effects. I, I, yes, I should know God, who yeah. did the special effects, um, but that's like a landmark of special effects, um, pre CGI oh. special effects. Um, yeah, and there's something so pleasurable about it. I actually get so annoyed watching movies now where things are CGI and they don't need to be, and they just don't quite look right. And you know, um, I'm afraid we're losing all the skills we developed yeah. before they were computers. You know, I, I, um, I 100% well, agree there. Easier, it's more efficient, and I mean, I, I now it probably costs less. I mean, at one point it didn't. You know, like it was. They were probably around the same, and now it's any Tom, Dick, and Harry can can probably throw together some shit that looks somewhat realistic. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. And who would you even get to do it the old school way? I mean, there's no oh, one to hire. You know, have to. Yeah, you you'd have, have to go pull someone off of those TV shows uh, where people actually do it. Um, like Halloween, you see a lot of it um, between like uh, the baking shows, the pumpkin carving contests and then uh, like yeah the there's another one we watch every year i can't think of what it's called but they do they do the ma- like full-blown cosmetics on on a person you'd have to go yeah. find somebody like that where it's super niche but but they they exist yeah i, th- I think but, they're in yeah, the, the back dying part breed. of the store of, of spirit of halloween and you have to ask somebody for a special key to get in the room that's why just nobody's found them yet <laughs> <laughs> what do they do for the other 11 months of the year <laughs> nobody knows so Robin <laughs> so, so we were uh, as I said he has, we, we have many comics and, and different stories that are being written Robert Botton um, the thing that's who it was. Special. So we have Woodstake and Rob, Robin Botten. Robin Botten. B O T T I N. That's all. Okay. Um. So we have Woodstake. Uh, what? Uh, what can you tell us uh, with uh, uh, Aerotech here? Like what? Because I, I was reading over everything I was sent, and I was like, "Oh, this seems pretty interesting." Good for everyone who listens to this. Can can we get? What exactly is going on in that story? Yeah. So did you, did you guys get uh, the pre-release uh, PDFs? Did you get to read the whole thing? I didn't get to read the whole thing because unfortunately, unfortunately I just don't have as much time as I want. And I try. Yeah, I get it. I get so... it. No worries. <laughs> well, if, if you would have sent them to me, I would have got paid to do it. I would have read them at work. God. I, I should have just done that. James is really good at doing it. <laughs> So the way the way we're positioning this one is um, it's kind of like the office or Silicon Valley, but where the product that they're making is a sex robot. Um, and That's so it's meant to be, um, you know, really kind of a, a an office comedy. And it, and it is an office comedy um, and uh, really, you know, uh, happy with and proud of the way that a lot of the humor came out. Um, but it also, um, you know, for me, I'm, I work in technology like a lot of people do. 
And, yeah. um, you know, I started to think like, what would it be like if you were actually making a sex robot? Like, uh, in terms of how would you debug the sex robot? How would you, you know, what kind of meetings would you have? How would you tell your friends what you do for a <laughs> How would you tell your friends what you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I mean, just think about the engineering yeah. challenges on top of the artificial intelligence challenges on top of, you know, whatever else. So it just think about the right, PR challenges, the PR challenges Ooh, and the, Oh my God, the, the liability. You know, what yes. the robot, you know, damn Rips it, your ding dong off. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. it makes me, it's um, uh, Big Bang Theory the status when he has the robot grab his junk. I don't know if you guys watched Big Bang Theory, but yeah, there's an episode <laughs> where his robot, you know, he programs it to help him. Yeah. It doesn't work out. Don't, uh, doesn't everyone have one of those? <laughs> Why am I the only one? <laughs> my god that's such a cool concept <laughs> i love that idea a uh, lot die, die, yeah like, so it starts out with that kind of a scene like it's a qa suite and you know it starts like what seems to be in the bedroom but then there's people calling in from the booth and <laughs> yes. uh you know uh people making jokes at his expense because you know the robot is not stopping and he's freaking out and people are giving <laughs> him shit um he also works in the mailroom, so he's kind of like the lowest paid employee at that firm. Sounds um, like a solid Paramount Plus sitcom. You got yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like HBO Maxi kind of like, you know, after hours, you know, really funny, but not afraid to be R-rated. Um, but, you know, we didn't we didn't draw it. I didn't I mean, I didn't draw, but Jeff and I, when we were conceiving it, we didn't want it to read as, you know, like softcore. We, we wanted it to be a lot left to the imagination. So it really... It, it, it kind of skirts that line between um, hinting at uh, a lot of stuff, showing something, but not being, you know, flat out. Um, overly in your face. Overly in yeah, your face, yeah. exactly. And we wanted the robot to be really kind of weird and unlifelike, you know, like her, like he's trying to push her off her at one point and her <laughs> face bends in a weird way because it's not really skin. And when she gets shut down, you know, she kind of collapses in an angle where her, you know, it's not a human, you, you couldn't bend your body into that position. So we like the idea of it being kind of weird and a little scary. Awkward. Yeah, awkward. Definitely and awkward. scary. Definitely and scary. scary. Right, because you've got this full-blown machine um, and, you know, operating <laughs> on you with your most Taking vulnerable. Taking down. Yeah. yeah. Death yeah. by so that's, that's where we would go with all that. Um, that's awesome. And it, it, I, I think this issue turned out really well. It, it was just a good mix between jeff and i and you know we were talking about we set this about what we were saying was five minutes in the future so you know some of the technology is we don't have today but you know uh, it's not crazy in the future and everything is very recognizable um on its way style, most likely. say again on its way most likely like in the works or will be here at some point i wonder tech. i wonder you know um and actually, if you can funny. think of it, it's it's likely to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. Half the you remember Woody Allen's or Orgasmatron from Sleeper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really dating myself there. It's like just a, it's know, just it's a cylinder that he steps yeah. into the door closed and he comes out with a crazy smile on his face. Yeah, have no idea what happens inside. But, um, <laughs> That's a leave, leave it to the imagination kind of thing, like you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly, but this is yeah, this is definitely a little more real. So I, I don't know. Uh, we'll get Elon Musk on that, assuming he gets his money back from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to hang out with that guy for like five minutes. 
Forty-four an billion should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Forty-four million. He'd probably be the one to warn you about anything to do with with a sex robot going haywire. Yeah, there's a reason like, no, why I want to do that. There's, there's a reason, reason why his his AI shit hasn't come out. The the neuro <laughs> shit because. He wants he wants to be the last one to fuck up. Obviously, I mean that's just my thought on it. I don't know. I feel like yeah, with the self-driving cars, it's interesting and it's close. But when you start thinking about it's killing people (laughs) when it makes a mistake, you know. know, But at the same time, humans are killing more humans than they are. I mean, that's if you look if you look at percentages (laughs) and statistics, yeah. We're, we're still way, way more deadly behind the wheel. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. In AI, we talk about human-level performance, right? Yeah. Can you mm-hmm. achieve human-level performance? So human-level performance in driving is probably not that high, right? Because people make a lot of mistakes behind the wheel. Human-level yeah. performance in the bedroom, I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're talking about with this yeah. comic. Uh, and that's what makes it funny. It's like, you know, it's not just... It's not just, oh, there's this magical sex robot that works and is perfect and I'm going to fall in love with it. It's not that kind of story. It's like, holy shit, how do we make this thing work? And what happens when it doesn't, you know? And uh, and what if the engineers are, you know, a, a bunch of wankers who aren't really that good at what they do, you know? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Dirty and, sex. But, you know, the managers are out to lunch and, you know, assholes and so, um, yeah, it, it's all that kind of stuff. It definitely, that's where the office comedy comes in. So it, it's that kind of mix between two things. The second you said the office, I was sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. Office, the, the office and sex robot. Like, those words belong in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> what was their business in the office? Does anyone know? I actually don't know. Does anyone know what they did? I think it's always they just dealt with paid. the documents. Like, yeah. it was always paper. It was paper. Work. Yeah. Like, Printing and scanning and uh, faxing I, and sending. Remember for the office, I think that's what they. I think they just sold paper. I think that was that was the yeah. Was it had like to do. It was company. always paper. Whatever they did was paper related. Like yeah. that was it. Like yeah, the, no, the worst. I think that's all they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> paper. It's a show based on paper. <laughs> You have sex robots, so it, I feel like better than one that. of them is going to be more yes. entertaining. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I uh, just uh, have to step in. Nobody thought room paper would be product. entertaining. So, so <laughs> the sex no, robots no, the are whole, way more entertaining than paper. The whole description. This guy gets Steve Carell for the for the TV spinoff of of your comic, and we're good. Yeah, you know, you get him on the phone, and that'll be awesome. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish it was awesome. I know everyone's like, have you ever considered like putting this on TV? Uh, yeah. You, you want to make the phone call? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. It's really just a question of whether I decide to do it or not. It's very easy to do. Well, I mean, I, like, that's why I said Paramount Plus, because I mean, uh, they, they straight up no lubed it right into the uh, hardcore Halo fans assholes with the Halo show. Yeah. I love it, and I'm a hardcore Halo fan. Like I, I know it. Like I know all of it. Uh, I mean, audiobooks, uh, side side stories, all of it. Uh, that's that's me. And I loved that show. I loved it. it. Was a different take. Paramount Plus had the balls to do it, to take it over after it got scrapped 
I don't know how many times. So they would, I feel like they would definitely do your comic show. That's the thing. You want someone who adapts something or takes something into a new medium to be kind of fearless and, and take it and do something with it. Like the worst thing is if it's kind of milk toast and they're trying to appease the fans, but they don't have any new ideas and it just kind of is flat, you know, I would much rather see someone take it and run with it and, you know, good, bad, or ugly. At least it's something interesting. Exactly. Yes. You know what, honestly? You should say that to the entire Halo fan base. Uh, <laughs> I should quote you. When I go back to edit the little bit I have to of this, I'm quoting that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I, try I, and I make you. Don't get me in trouble with the Halo fan base. <laughs> he's got he's to the Halo up, fan uh, base. A can of worms. <laughs> So you, oh, you know, James, James making it a TV show, <laughs> honestly, with it being like an office style with, with the concept, hear me out. Just hear me out. Let's get a hold of Taika Watiti and tell him like, hey, we have a great yeah. idea for you. You seem to have fun doing things like this and listen to this concept. I think you'd Oops. have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> That's what it takes is someone who's got like the vision to see it. For, and the balls and 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 the balls to do it yeah um you know so uh yeah it's interesting i mean i already get stuff on facebook like you know you fucking perv <laughs> <laughs> you know there's always people out there that's the problem with the internet right it's like oh you'll never get rid of it you'll never get rid of it never but, be yeah, able so to you, get rid you of gotta it. have a thick skin to put something out like, like this out there and see and that's i think honestly if if we were to get rid of the Let's just say that thick skinned. You don't necessarily have to be thick skinned to deal with social media. You just have to be an asshole right back. Yeah. Like you have you have yeah, to take true. you have to take what you're reading and realize how fucking hilarious it is. Like uh, a meme I saw a friend post on Twitter. Uh, this guy's arm was overly big. Uh, whatever issue it is, medical issue that causes it. You know, there was a Pornhub masturbation meme made from it, even though his shirt said arm wrestling champion something, sure. something, something. Arm well, wrestling. they post this meme that they obviously didn't make, and then the first comment's like, well, it's called this and this, and you shouldn't be poking fun at it, and this and that, and, you know, high horse in it. It's like, dude, anything that can be a meme will be a meme. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... The internet There's has no sense of boundary. It. No. And they post, they reposted it from another place they got it. And she, we all just had to laugh at his expense and moved on. Yeah. Which is what you have to do in everything else. I mean, yeah, tough skin. That makes sense. But it's, it's way better when you can just kind of throw the real world back in their face. And then they can fuck off. The best defense is a good offense. Yes. That's true. It's true. 100%. And that's why I love Wilmy so much. He's that guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wilmy. Like, instantly. I knew I knew who you he were talking about immediately. Posts. I'm like, oh, no, I know who posts all that. Like, oh, uh, he's not the one. No, I know the one. It. Really? Believe it or not. No. I, I actually do find that me. surprising. He, he's always the one to make those go-tos. Oh, dude, he has shit way worse than that. You know that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah, like... I've stolen a few to send to people, and then they're like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like that's not me. It's this guy I know. He just—he's always got. Yeah, just blame it on Wilmy. 
I'm not oh, the one fuck. who's not right that. It's this guy. I just borrow it. So <laughs> he would be he'd be a fan of what you're writing for sure. Oh God, yeah. This is like right, right, yeah, we gotta get it out too. there. Like we we had the Kickstarter. We actually had 189 backers on the Kickstarter, which is pretty awesome. But um, you know, now I got to get it on the website. I'm not doing digital distribution web comics yet, um, <clears throat> just because there's so many things I can do at once. Um, but uh, yeah, I really want to get this out into people's hands. So um, I may or may not be able to help you if you want some assistance. I would love some assistance. I, I would. I won't even charge you a fucking thing. You just well. We'll exchange contact info, and I will do whatever I can to help. How's that? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Look at that. <laughs> Making uh, friends. <laughs> Making friends. <laughs> Love friends. Networking. Especially <laughs> office sex robot friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, like your idea, like <laughs> your ideas, uh, like all of it sounds great. Jared gave me this much. Um I'll just read I, it. Well, I was trying to be a little more brief. I'm just like, you know, like, um, let him have a little bit of free robe with what he decides to ask here. Hey, you want to help me out with this? <laughs> um, um, hold on. We're going to find it. Uh, <laughs> join, um, I'm going to double check. Day of the week, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Um, the comic creator interview... Um, what's your schedule like, like this week? Um, NSFW robot sex toy or sex robot. Yeah. Um, that was the context. Wow. And you still can't. <laughs> he I'm <did>. here. He <laughs> said, <laughs> he said, uh, not safe work, comet and sex robot. Now it's in. I'm here. Oh. Plus, I I used to do a interview show semi regularly. You did so, did I was, I I was on for a little bit. So you know, I figured it, if there was anybody who could who could help me crank this out, it, you were the one I'd have to go to. <laughs> Nobody else sounds has terrible. By the way, um, <laughs> in the context, James, awful. look at look at what context, we're talking about. In the context, that's it's true. Fine. It was it, that was a. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It was great what you just said. Fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, you at the end of the day, I, I really do hope people like it for the characters and are like compelled by it and come back for dramatic, you know, because for dramatic interest, you know, um, because actually, as Jeff and I are talking about it, you know, it's like uh, you can. We don't want to become repetitive, and you can only do oh, the, God, no. so many variations on the sex robot joke. Right. <laughs> Before it's just like a bit with a sex robot, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's definitely ways we're going to be escalating that and twisting that a little bit to make it more fun and interesting. And you can rabbit trail. It doesn't have oh, to directly well relate to the robot. You could start you, you could start picking on different um, human aspects, but applying it to the robot like you. There's a lot of a lot of tangible means to keep that joke going while uh, tying it to human aspects. Like, does that make sense? Am it I does. saying that it right? Does. Yeah. Like you, you can twist things all you want. All it has to do is be somewhat relatable and catch someone's mind. You know what I mean? Like, Oh shit, I get that. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's a lot of what, and it can be, it can be like the, 
the stupidest shit that makes someone scratch their head. I mean, that's what the office was a lot of the time. It was just very, um, (laughs) dry or dull humor that would like go over your head right out of the gate. And you're like, Oh my God, that was so stupid. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) That that kind of thing. Yeah. I I think you have a lot of avenues you can explore with it. I I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll run out of material as fast as you think you do. If you start, I wouldn't think so either easing yourself out of the box don't jump out of it but ease out of it yeah that, that's totally exactly it, it and keep the characters really interesting and developing but yeah no i what i think is really interesting <clears throat> i mean human sexuality is so weird right oh like, yes um <laughs> there's just endless avenues of weirdness so imagine like you're going to create the, a robot model for someone with a foot fetish right i mean that's totally <laughs> that's totally oh, different programming right so um you know people uh have their own little obsessions and desires and you know and imagine trying to create you know the ideas we have one of the things we've talked about is you know levels of aggression right um where you can set the level of aggression on the robot because how rough do you like it right um of course that can ninja robot just knocking people out (laughs) yeah exactly but yeah though there's endless varieties in weird sexual behaviors that um that we can have a lot of fun with um god and uh yeah so um the foot fetish urban urban dictionary could be your best friend for this there's some situations in the urban dictionary that are you like never find yourself in don't know how oh my god you never did. even think of and they're somebody who's into it <laughs> you know, there is. A, they exist for a reason. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The community. Exactly. Yeah. I shouldn't use the word behind them, but yes, with the community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It, it's always behind, behind them. Just torquing it or whatever the fuck yeah. words Jared used earlier made it sound real weird. Yeah, but we, we hope to keep it fresh and interesting, if nothing else, um, and make the characters people you care about and want to come back for. So how are you going to do a crossover between the two comics? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, people ask me about that. <laughs> you know, you've thought cinematic about cinematic universe. Um, I have no idea. Um, you know, for right now. Well, so the one someone's into vampires. Yeah. Well, you know, Woodstake has got the natural sequel, which is Woodstake 99. So um, and I've already sketched <laughs> that out. Um, you know, and, and it's funny, like you think about bringing a vampire into Woodstock 69, which was peace and love, um, where, you know, there's a lot of contrast. You bring a vampire into Woodstock, Woodstock 99 and no one noticed, right? Because I was like, yeah, yeah. no, the crazy he Woodstock. just blends right into everyone else. Just blends right, right in. Like, nobody would blink twice, right? Um, it's like yeah. a walking Green Day album. <laughs> so that's got a nice start to it. I'm sorry. Maybe that's, uh, that's what I would go with. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Nate, yeah, I'm going to have to wait. You know, the thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is they had like 60 years, 70 years of material to draw on. Oh, you know, no, I think superheroes, so... superheroes are easier to bring together than sex robots and vampires, but it can be done. It can be. Yeah. Somebody has a vampire fetish. Just say. <laughs> oh, a lot of people have A lot of people fetish. have it. Yeah. I mean, there's such a crossover between... Not a crossover, but there's there's such a sexual vibe at the core of vampire lore, right? I mean, okay, this idea yeah. of being consumed by someone, and there's always that. You that's know, one of the biggest things with vampires, actually. That's like one of their biggest appeals. 
yeah like the the sexuality with yeah. vampires and, and giving into just a vampire and losing yourself or, you know whatever i mean that whole twilight series and you know that whole well, thing but yeah i mean sexuality and vampires are you know they've gone together they go so hand in funny. hand yeah, and I don't know comes, when it comes to vampires, <laughs> there's even depending on who, oh. depending on who decides to to do the vampire story, there's even things with like how they feed on people that could even lead into sexual things for them. Uh, yeah, there, there's been plenty of stories of that the way that they do it is that they basically induce you into your own fantasy, and that's how they feed on people, and so on and so forth. So, so there's many. Sex I agree. There are many there. avenues that you could take that. Yeah, I've always thought that was like, you know, in a lot of these, um, you know, myths, for lack of a better word, but, um, <laughs> you know, cultural stories, there's always some really important nugget of truth that, you know, that yeah. affects our, our human nature, which is why we keep coming back to the vampire story. Uh, the, I mean, we'll be spinning vampire stories out, you know, 500 years from now, because if there's something just kind of core to our nature in it. Um, well, it makes it, you wonder where it started. It makes what you what? started it? Where? Where did it start? Yeah. Who yeah. started it? Why? Because that's, I mean, well, fiction, typically, I mean, let's, if you're, maybe not so much now, but fiction typically is, has got some kind of root in, in history somewhere with some truth and then is brought forward and expanded. You know, like a oh, of course, as, as the years go on, so. there's things that are added or taken away that are interpreted differently, and so forth. You get some other version of something. Uh, I think it, yeah, it was like an Eastern European yeah. kind of folk tale. You know, I mean, I think it did come out of that whole area of, you know, Hungary and wherever. I don't know where Transylvania is in modern day. I should where, where it is in the modern map, but it's like it's Hungary or you know Romania. Somewhere I think Romania. Romania. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that um, area. Yeah, I think these are myths that started in that area and evolved over time. But yeah, I think it would be fascinating to to get a real history of of the vampire legend. Yeah, vampires and sex robots. Yeah, we sold before the show even started. I, I'm I'm sold on, <laughs> on both these stories. Like I honestly am because like yes. The, the vampire Woodstock just sounds it's such a fun concept to try to think about of just how many people well, the would have been at an event like that. And yeah, the possibilities of things that happen. And and then on the other hand of it, we have this like comedy slash horror style like office meets can we make a sex robot or will things go horribly wrong? <laughs> Find out. Like these are both just fun <laughs> ideas. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I, you know, I really hope so, because I've been sitting on these ideas for a while and I'm I'm hoping what's going to distinguish, you know, my comics going forward is that, you know, if you get, if you pick up an SHP comic, you're going to get a story that's, you know, interesting, unique, and a unique little, and a little different, you know, pushes some boundaries is, you know, uh, is not your typical um, necessary, you know, necessarily your typical comic book that there's. There's something to the the stories that's a little more compelling or a little more twisted or whatever it happens to be. So that's what I'm hoping. You got some unique shit going on, and that's hard to do now. That's really hard to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's a potential of uh, X amount of people that have had a similar idea or concept, but they'll never bring it to fruition like yeah. you have. That mean? And that, that's not – that's more rare now than it's ever been. Like – 
the it's funny because the means of, of getting it out there are easier right with computers right. and everything it's, it's cheaper yeah. you know you couldn't do an indie comic in the 90s without dealing with an indie comic company and mm. publishing costs and printing and distribution deals and now you can self-publish and everything you can self-publish like, and yeah it's it's no, so that, i would hope there will be more but who knows that now that that is something with being in the in in the indie comic realm uh my father he writes uh he does indie horror and he he has a, uh, a novel and a novella. We've, we've interviewed him. We've had him on the show because he's my dad. So it's like, Dad, you want to come on? I'm like, yeah, we'll promote your book. Sure. Just get on the fucking show. Like, stop questioning me. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, does, he runs into that same issue with, uh, I remember when he first started doing his own publishing with his works was very much like, who do I go to to get published? Who can I, who can I trust to get things published? Uh, which I do have the question with, you had talked about, uh, trying to do more like a physical copy, get it in people's hands. How difficult is it as far as finding a way to distribute it? Cause, cause I know talking with him as far as when he was trying to get his novel out, that was like a, I think like a year long process of just figuring out how many and where he was going to do it. Yeah, it's hard. And I'm at the beginning of this process. And that's why Kickstarter is such a godsend, right? Oh, God, um, yeah. Because if you look at the margins, right? So there are about, I don't know, 25 to 3,000 independent comic book companies or, or stores in the com in the country. Um, but, um, you know, and there used to be one distributor, Diamond, that sort of owned everything. And now there are getting to be more distributors. So, you know, if you get a deal with a distributor, um, you know, that's possible. But, you know, this limited shelf space in these comic book stores and you've That's got the Marvel right. rack and the DC rack and you've got the image rack. And so, um, I mean, I, right now I've been doing deals with local comic book shops just because they like to promote local creators. I go, I sign copies, I meet local readers and that's all fun. It's great fun. But there's not a lot of money in it, obviously, you know, um, oh, yeah. and the margins yeah. are small. I mean, it, it costs me, you know three to four dollars to print a book and image sells their books or DC and Marvel. So they sell their books for three bucks, right? Because they're printing a hundred thousand copies and they're getting their print costs way down. I can't compete with bulk, that. um, bulk. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, you know, but I already have a connection. I should, I think I might, might introduce you with that has published the small, smaller. I mean, he's gaining traction. Yeah. But, I think I think I might be able to help you at least get some info on that front if you'd like. Can, that would be great. I think I could. I think I could probably do that. I mean, the other issue is it's just time, right? Um, oh, it's consuming. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Everything's um, consuming. And and what I want to oh, do is I want to keep writing and get these stories out. Right. If I'm spending all of my time trying to get things in bookstores uh, or comic book stores. Um, and not writing like, right. You know, I, I've already got, you know, issue threes that are due and I've got to find time to work on them. I got a day job too. Right. So it's, uh, it, yeah. it's hard. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that's why Kickstarter is such a godsend, right? I can make more in a Kickstarter campaign. Thank you to everyone who gives money to comic book creators on Kickstarter. than I could spending a year of trying to set up distribution deals. And so, you know, wow, I'll do that. Yeah. That's definitely the kind of shit like you've already got yourself, like in in the right position to to deal with what you're dealing with because you, you you're full blown independent right now, and yep. then all the other stuff just kind of comes along as it comes along. Like, does that make sense? Like, you're you're not 
overly concerned or worried about, like you said, distribution and knowing this person or knowing this uh, distribution company, like you're not, your focus isn't there. Your focus is with your fans, essentially your community, the people that have backed you and, and giving them what they have, like you're, you're independent, completely independent right now, like on your own. It's a lot of work. (laughs) It is, but I want to focus the work on content creation because content is king, right? Yes. When I have the first trade paperback, uh, the first six issues and a complete wood stake, you know, then I'm going to have a lot more opportunities for distribution, right? So the goal is to not <laughs> spend too much time and too much money chasing things that aren't going to develop content, right? And that's why Kickstarter is great. It gives me the time to focus on developing content. It's funny, even with the comic book stores, like I got wood stake one in the comic book store locally. They went through 20 copies, which was amazing. But he's like, everyone keeps asking for issue two because they're used to getting a new issue every month. I'm like, I can't do an issue every month. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah, doing an issue every month. So, yeah, so they got to <laughs> wait and they don't want to wait and they're not used to waiting. That's not their thing, you know? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of mismatch between what they expect in a comic book store and what you can deliver in, in terms of price, in terms of frequency, in Makes terms sense. of whatever. But if the content's good, you know, if you build it, they will come, hopefully. It's like, it's like any so. form of content, really like, um, any format. If will wait, they will be there when you, when you release something new. And that's, I, I feel like the world's kind of fucked up in that sense where they're just, they're just constantly pumping whatever the fuck they can out. And it's when not there's people the like you, no, it's not. You're, you're. I mean, this is this is your baby. This is this is your. You are cultivating the ground and planting the seeds and moving to the next row. Like you're not you're not just throwing shit out there, trying to throw something together to appease everybody. You're giving them a part of you. Essentially, you're 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 working on it from your soul and that's what you're handing to people. You're not going to just pump some bullshit out just to make people happy. You're going to do it right because you're passionate about it. The people that enjoy it are also passionate about it. So they're going to appreciate it when they do get it, when it happens. It sucks that you can't, we all wish we could hit fast forward, like the movie click and oh, have God, it all yeah. Just yeah. happen. But yeah, you know, the thing at, that at the same happen- time, people lose sense of of caring about the content they're pumping out. Yeah, yeah, that's all I care about. Honestly, when I go to bed at night, what makes me happy is I'm like this, like issue two of Woodstake is coming out really well. Um, and um, <laughs> someone said to me, you know, like the thing I like about a comic book series is where each issue gets a little better, right? And so Philippe and I, Philippe's a young artist, like we're working on making the art better. We looked at the first issue and said, we can improve this. We can improve that. The story's coming together. So yeah, I hope this is the comic book that's worth three months of the waiting for, right? Um, Because, um, and and the other thing is with these first issues, it's hard to take somebody too far in a first issue. I think it's going to take like three issues before you're like, ah, now now I know what this is. And now this is really cool. This is something different than what I've read before. Because you can read the first issue and be like, yeah, 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 it's a vampire Woodstock. Um, kind of interesting, but it 
there's just so much you can do in 28 pages. But by the third Ground issue, work, right? Yeah, yeah. By the third issue, I want you hooked, <clears throat> and then you'll be like, I'll wait three months because this is awesome. I hope. You know, and I think that not only in I wish like, everybody thought like that that does oh, any most definitely content and and not even just like the, the the comic writers in this aspect, but even in like 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 a music aspect too. Like right like back. a lot of the bands that I that I still listen to here are very much like they don't put albums out consistently. It it is very much you might have to wait four or five years before another album comes out, but it's because yeah. of something that they're passionate about. They're taking the time to make something that everyone would want to hear so i i'm very much appreciative of that where it's i'm not gonna just make it to make it i i, I want to make sure that this is something i can be proud of when it comes out and say like i did this and people enjoy it because i took my time on it yeah yeah and you know the music industry's changed too because in the old oh, God, days yeah. like <laughs> the record labels were forcing you to put out a record every year and go on tour every year because that was the fan base right but I now to, with yeah. all the options, yeah, you can be like, no, I don't need a record label and I'm not going to produce an album. And what's an album these days? Like, <clears throat> you know, it's not something you physically buy and, and listen to yeah, all those really songs. Anymore. I'm very album focused because I grew up in that era. But, That's um, but I think the, era, the album is kind of losing its meaning in a way because you can put 50 songs together or five songs together, or two songs together. It doesn't matter. I mean, it used to be 10 songs on an album two songs on an, EP, on an LP, on a, I mean, on a 45, you know, um, and that was your yeah. option. But now your options are whatever you want. Oh, no, it most definitely is. Like, because, I mean, it really has changed in that aspect. Because, like, cause like, now a band can put out, they, they can have one song done for an entire album that's not even coming for maybe a year, and they can put that one song out and be like, okay, we've yeah. we've done our quota for this year, and it's... It's like, man, like things really have changed. Like you can kind of just do whatever you want. And even if you don't want to make a new album, they can just do some kind of collection with like four songs off four albums yeah. or whatever. So no, yeah, that's man. Everything really has changed in that aspect. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of shocking how much it's changed and how quickly it's changed. So quickly. Yeah. Um, wow. So you know, I'm, 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 I'm very on board with, with, with all the comic ideas because because I really only knew about uh, the Eurotech there, and that one caught my attention enough where I was like, no, that that's an interesting enough concept. Like I I kind of want to know more about this. And now hearing that there's also Woodstag, and it's like, no, 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 no. I need <laughs> I need to get these because this is this is something that's up my alley. It's not it's not your everyday superhero thing, and it's not an everyday typical horror kind of thing. Because it, it's not. It's, oh God, what are the words I'm trying to look for there? It's not your average story. It's something that's very out of the box and unique. So I'm I'm very much on board with it to look in to really like if there anything else you do at this point, I think I'd be on board for because so far, like so far, they've really. Mm, mm. So it, well, you, yeah, yeah I'll, I will shoot you the physical copies of. Uh of the first two and Aerotech when it comes out, you know, yes. um, cause I'm always happy to send digital copies, but I like having a comic book in my hand, okay, you know, yeah. um, so, just got yeah. uh, like the Ronin collection, uh, for Ninja Turtles there. Cause I, I want as much as I yeah. knew it had been coming out, I was like, no, I want to get like the physical thing. I don't want to go online and read it. I want to be able to actually look through pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, Hey, the kids are different, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, a sad fact i think it, at some points just looking at looking at some of the younger kids like man uh, 
I, I, there's some things that'll just be lost on you forever. And it's kind of sad that you'll never be able to experience some of the things. Um, yeah. You know, but that's like, that's like, we're like the old men who say that because God, that's so they're going to experience things. <laughs> yeah. They're going to experience things we never experienced. So the things that we think that they're missing that we loved as kids, you know, and, and so the world turns, right. You know, it's like, the world keeps, um, that's true. Yeah. So they're going to have all kinds of stuff that we couldn't appreciate. And then their kids are going to thumb their nose at them, you know? <laughs> so it's a never so ending cycle. <laughs> a never ending cycle. Yeah. Whatever your parents did sucks. And, uh, you got to define your generation. So for, for rounding out everything here, <clears throat> I would just like to throw this, throw this into the, uh, the fan here. If there was a concept of an idea, was there anything in specific that you feel you'd want to make a comic about it? Like if, if someone gave you unlimited budget, they're like, just go nuts, whatever you want to do. I have like nine other stories teed oh, up. Man. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've been going back and forth on, and I don't want to really go into them cause I think they're kind of good ideas. And I want anyone to do them before I get to it. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's like, I've been thinking I want to start a fourth one, but um, I don't want to stretch myself too thin, right? So it's like I'm already wicked busy, you know, trying to keep these three going. That's um, right. And I want, yeah, I, I, I yeah, it, it's hard because I, I, I want to move on some other ideas. I have some other ideas I'm really happy with. But, um, you know, what I need to do, I really feel like is get to like issue three, two or three with these first three comics and see if I can find, you know, some loyal readers who like my stuff. And um, and at that point, then maybe I can start branching out, bringing a few more in. That, you know what? That, that's, a, that's a very fair and valid answer. It's, especially to know you have as many ideas as you do have. I completely understand how it would be like, no, no, no. There's that one idea I can understand. There's, there's a whole chest behind me that's just full of things that, like, I just do not have time to open right now. <laughs> I've been thinking about this shit for like 25 years, you know. That's <laughs> uh, James, um, anything you want to you want to add in here? I actually want to ask, where are you on social media? Like, yeah, what, what am, do you have going on there? I am SHP Comics everywhere. So, um, you know, website is www.shp comics, Facebook page, SHP comics, uh, Instagram, SHP comics. Um, Twitter, Twitter, um, Reddit. Um, <clears throat> I have a YouTube channel, which is a little neglected, but um, you know, I had ideas of doing more stuff on the YouTube channel, but it's just it's just too much. So um, yeah. yeah, those are the major channels. Then I have a link tree where I post all the you know like this will go up on the link tree. You know, any kind of you know reviews or press or anything that like that we get. Um, but uh, yeah, those are the main things. SHP Comics. I need I need to find you on Twitter. ASAP. Yes, please. My Twitter following is very small and pathetic. Um, it's only like thirty followers. Um, Doesn't have to be. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get that changed around real quick. <laughs> I haven't quite found the in on Twitter. Like I, I'm doing pretty well on. Like I have a thousand followers on Instagram. SHP Comics. SH, SHP underscore comics on Twitter. Somebody underscore. has SHP comics. That's oh, the one that's different. Of course they did. Has the name. You always have to do like yep. an underscore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that was the one underscore. I'm like, come on, I'm clean across. Um, Thirty three followers. Look yeah. That. Well, well, that's like uh, 
uh, you know, when Anthony made a, did CLT Sandwich, like, we started up that show, and then he was like, yeah, I'll make a Twitter for it. Like, he went in to put it in, and somebody had that name, and he's like, who the hell's taking this? Crypto yeah, Tall yeah, yes. who's taking this? And it's just some <laughs> dude, hadn't posted in, like, ten years. He posted maybe two things about a sandwich, and he's like, I hate you. I had to put an <laughs> underscore for no reason. <laughs> I think I think he messaged that guy three times to try to get him to like, hey, give me just give me the name. You haven't <laughs> you haven't used it in ten years. Just give it to me. <laughs> Did he get a response? To radio <laughs> silence. Never responded. Yeah. Never responded. Ever. <laughs> you wonder if he's still around. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, your digital footprint long out. You know. I mean, art. You know, it's funny because the generations are are coming up and we haven't really got there yet, but it's going to be weird because we're all going to have these digital presences that are going to oh, output us, you know? <laughs> I hadn't even yep. thought about and that. And because <laughs> of, of SEO, it'll always be there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, somewhere. No. It might be buried by the time we're dead and gone, but it'll be there. If someone yeah. digs deep enough, Man, my, my your digital footprint is forever. I want to know about great grandpa. Well, he ran this show. I don't know. It's not around anymore, but you're going to learn today. <laughs> you oh. wonder if it'll be around. I mean, can we just yeah, keep accumulating fair. digital information infinitely? I mean, or, or, or will there be a purge or stuff at a certain point? Like everything from 1990 back is gone. You know, you know I, I, well, that's something it, I have thought question, about before. Yeah. But it, 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 all right. So, Without going too deeply into that, we'll just say that compression techniques are getting yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Like absolutely nuts. And and the code always changes and the 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 way the internet's accessed is always changing. So at some point we'll be writing data to DNA strands that don't belong to anything that's living. So I mean we're already doing that and it's it can that's a lot of information in one yeah little yeah. little tiny piece of it's nuts it yeah. will we'll always be here so your show will be around in. it'll be on dna but it'll yes. be around <laughs> it'll be there somewhere well in the void <clears throat> in the void we're, we're right where we belong the nostalgic Vast void that everyone just avoids because god knows you don't want to go down it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so uh one last question i have just overall just because we we cover many things we're, we're doing the jackass movies right now finishing that out yeah. and I, I think next month mike has us set up with like random superhero things that technically aren't superhero things it's a whole thing that he's come up with but with that in the basis of nostalgia what would you say was your was your favorite cartoon growing up as a child like like that go-to had to watch yeah. it or if it was on you were down watching it yeah so i was that generation of saturday morning kids where we would just watch like hanna barbera you know mm -hmm. um and you know, snaggle five hours worth of cart. Yeah, just all <laughs> that you know, the banana splits and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, I got you there. Goober and the Ghost Chasers. I mean, I could ricochet rabbit. I could just keep going. 
But um, with the nonsense. But uh, no, for me, you know, the Warner Brothers, the Bugs Bunny, it it never got better. It will never get better. They're still the greatest cartoons ever made. I watch them with my kids all the time. Um, so just classic, uh, I was lucky man. enough. They're so classic and they're so great. So yeah, that was that was it for me. Uh, was Bugs Bunny and those were just there. never been the best proud. part about those cartoons is that. Like they hold up, they'll never not hold up. They'll never not hold up. Yeah, exactly. They're like go back. You can go back and you can see the difference in animation. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's progression over the years, but still same characters, still the same yeah. show. Same characters still and for what it is. Like, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I watch them with my kids, and they just laugh their butts off. They love it. Oh yeah. Oh god. That's that. <laughs> that kind of comedy won't won't die. Nice. Yeah, it's like silent films, right? Simple. I mean, Charlie Chaplin, the Buster Yes, Disney. it's always going to be funny There's, because it's so it, it hooks into something different too. It's yeah. different. Yeah, it, it's it, it it's it's so <clears throat> simple to the fact to to a point where like in your brain it just hits. It doesn't make your brain overthink. It just hits that. It hits you just right that no matter what, it's going to make you laugh because it's not making you yeah. think. It's not making you really have to know what's going on you can just accept it watch it turn your brain off funny happy like it they're simple enough for every age anyone can enjoy it and i think that's there's nothing to look up. into yeah exactly into. like you don't have to you don't have to understand some random event that happened or like you don't have to relate it to anything other than no. it's just it's fucking funny that's it yeah Plain and simple, like basic, basic human humor. Homer Fudd wants to shoot Bugs Bunny. Exactly. <laughs> and he gets made a fool of, and that's all you need to know. Yes. Over and over and over again. Repeatedly. <laughs> so everyone, if you would please, because this man saying he, he's only got 30, 33 followers with, with the social media. I am media pathetic site. on Twitter. Twitter. Go find this man. Hunt him down on Twitter at, at the SHP underscore comics. Because underscore. this man needs more people. Because, I mean, for God's sake, if you can't support the indie comic writers, where do you think all the people that, that, that you look to now with those big names and the big Marvel and DC, where did they I all say, start? They, they all started? started as an indie person that everyone looked over. And at least this guy's got out-of-the-box ideas. It's not your everyday thing. It's not just a new superhero that's trying to make money off something that's already there. These are original ideas. Give the man credit. Go find him on social media. Come on. Yeah, I say that's that's where that's where the big shit comes from yeah. too. Is is a, a solid foundation of something out of the box that it's unique. That's what it takes. You have to be unique. Uh, not always. I mean, there, I mean, there's shit biscuits <laughs> out there that don't give two fucks. But well, let's be real here. Like the second, the second someone that matters to these zombies um, catches wind of something unique like what you're doing is the second it's uh, it's still unique but it's the second it's no longer under the radar and oops oh shit now I have to 
24 fucking seven for the rest of my life. That's what you're kidding. Like that's, that's how it goes. Right. No. Well, you get to it, brag it, and say, I ha- I supported him on Kickstarter <clears throat> before anyone knew who he was. Yeah. Oh, I interviewed him. <laughs> we had 30 followers on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put that bitch on my resume. <laughs> I've, you know, I've had that moment with, with YouTubers that I found to enjoy when they were really small and then they get mm. really big for no reason. And I'm like, you know, I like them before everyone else. And now I feel like I'm that guy. This is not fair. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know that uh, Jacksepticeye dude on YouTube, right? Everybody, everybody yeah, knows who yeah. that is, correct? Yeah. yeah. I was following him at like 600 subscribers. Well, that's, that's how I felt with Meat Canyon. That was a fun him. journey like, to watch. Like if, if, if probably the funnest journey I've ever watched was was that. I will I will say that. Well, like, you could be that yeah. easily. Jackass, uh, you just, you know. Oh God, yeah. Johnny Knoxville on MTV, <laughs> oh, mailing God. tapes into NV, MTV, getting. I mean, talk about out of the box. <laughs> Holy shit! I did the box one way to put it. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I've laughed watching Jackass. And my wife looks at me like I'm, I still haven't watched the new one. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched the new one either. I need to watch the I new one. I want to. Yeah. It was a great like, interview with Wee Man I, I, on the New York I, I, Times. New York Times did like a three-page interview with uh, with Wee Man. Anyway, so oh shit, really? Yeah, yeah, great interview. Damn, Man. he's a badass too. He, he, he really is. <laughs> uh, Stevo. Steve-O is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, probably no. because back in, like, up until, like, my mid-20s, everybody's like, you look familiar. You look like <laughs> yeah. Steve-O. And everybody just called that. me Steve-O. They're like, dude, get the yeah, tattoo no, on I your back. That, yeah. I'm like, no. Uh, no, absolutely not. I'm like, no. Well, exactly. <laughs> not, not doing it. Exactly with your wife there, like, uh, Mike and Sven on the show that they, they had never seen them. So for me and Anthony, it's been fun to just like have these playing and watching them like get like their cringe moments are like, Oh, why do you guys enjoy this? And where they're there just like, man, we, we have been watching these when they were coming out. This is funny. We don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, what came before jackass. Anybody? <sighs> CKY. Look at it. Okay. Okay. I will. Is that Johnny Knoxville or is that something else? It's it's pre Johnny pre Johnny Knoxville. It's Bam and Chris and yeah. Yeah, because they uh, they had uh, uh, Big Brother. We were doing the same shit at the same time, and we come across the VHS called CKY. One of our friends did, and we watched it. We're like, oh my fuck, that's us. Because I would just take my parents video camera and go record us doing stupid shit like i go do backflips off of buildings into snow drifts or we jump off a roof into the top of a trash can really stupid shit and we hurt ourselves all the time but then we saw this tape we're like oh my god to the like we just we instantly made that connection because we were doing the same thing we just didn't have any way to put it out there at the time you know youtube didn't exist every cell phones they could do everything yeah but yeah it started cky and then welcome to jackass there there it went go look look it up I will. Uh, you won't regret it. it it's a good time until he does <laughs> no no he won't he won't Jay um, i will <laughs> so I love, I love jackass 
Oh, it's so good. You'll love CKY as well. It's like I said, it's, it's more or less a, it's like the jackass prequel. Like that's, that's fair. And it's, it's very um, rough around the edges because it's, they, yeah. they filmed, you know, did all their own shit. There was zero production, anything. It was them behind a camera and then them editing it and putting it on to tape. Like it's good. It's worth it. So Mr. James. <clears throat> a husky so, poo where can they find you um can find me in a, a, all the places at uh, acs underscore husk um i am now i guess officially kind kind of officially more or less um i go to a meeting every week a meeting i'm supposed week. to be I talk to people every week. Uh, go check out Game On Daily everywhere. Okay. So, you know, I, I thought I'd seen something stuff. about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I haven't made any, like, really official you know, announcements. Official announcements because, or placements. But I'm, I'm going to be more background than foreground, but I will okay. be part of, of that growing monstrosity. Um, moving forward, see that you do. There, there, it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Keep yes. getting pulled into all these different groups of people. Yeah. This one is this one's serious. I guess it would be the best way to to describe it. So. Oh, that's gonna be a change. That's phase. why I wanted to be part of it. Yeah. It's. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here. Apparently, he's he's moving on up in the world too. Like Jesus. So anyway, go find, you, you, I'm you trying find, to. You can find him on all those on social media. Uh, <clears throat> for us, it, it's you know it's all the same. If you listen to the show, then you know. But hey, uh, at Oddcast and uh, Twitter, you got oddcastmediagmail.com, and you've got Oddcast Network anywhere. The Facebook, Instagram doesn't matter. You'll find us. J- just look for the goofy pictures. You, you'll know it's us. And Mr. Sean Hainsworth here. You can find him at SHP Comics, unless it's Twitter. Then you got to use the underscore because somebody's always got to steal the names and you got to add the underscore. Just take it as it's hey, just the a underscore is better. It's better with that, by the way, Sean. Thank I'll you. Just say that. Yeah. Right out of the game. You're only saying that because you have one. <laughs> You're just yeah. trying. Uh, no, I, I didn't have to. I didn't have to have an underscore, but I put one in there. I, I just, just blame saying. you. It's. It's easy. It's easier to do that. Uh, and, and Mr. Hansworth, is there anything you would like to say to everyone to close out the show? Any message or inspiration, anything of that nature? No, just thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, if you can, uh, can go support indie comics um, on Kickstarter or wherever you can, um, you know, support indie comics. There's a lot of cool people out there doing some cool shit and uh, you can make a difference. You, hey, you know what? Let's not end with Jared's uh, say. I love you, Jared, but I'm, well, I was also going to say for uh, for Fiber Links, <clears throat> uh, I will be posting things uh, in all the details. You can go check out yes. how to support Mr. Hainsworth here and and make sure that make sure that we get we get things on track. We need all of the links. I, I also need all of them too. Oh, I'm gonna, of course. I want. I need to look at. I need to pick your shit apart. I'm sorry, that's just what I 
too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I seriously, uh, dude, I, I love every concept you have. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you what information, at least information I can to help awesome. kind of awesome. at least, um, uh, streamline some of the shit that you have to deal with on a daily basis, speed things up as best we can. Um, but what I want to end on is like, what if you, uh, if you had to convince oh, people that they had a lot to look forward to, like, what do they have to look forward to? What, what is, give us, give us a, a brief shot into the future and, and give everybody like a goal, like what's, give us your goal and, and a glimpse into the Sean's multiverse of madness. So goal would be um, three Kickstarters a year and able to keep putting out comic books without tapping my savings. Um, <laughs> because they're limited. Um, but, uh, you know, I hope to have Woodstake uh, and The Killing Machine, which is the sci-fi um, done trade paperbacks by the end of next year. So you will have complete stories. And both of those will have sequels. We were talking about Woodstake. 2023? 2023. By the end of 2023, okay. there will be trade paperbacks for those. And uh, like I said, I've got like a bunch of other stories ready to come that are um, hopefully equally interesting and twisted and fun. So, um, you know, just trying to get over that hump of, uh, of being able to keep putting stuff out there, finding, finding the people that like what I do um, and giving them as much cool content as I can. That's really it. Oh yes. Love it. You I'm love done. It? Sure. Okay. I asked yeah, 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 yeah. You just just taking over, taking over the podcast. I can't even do the things I came here for. But no, thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you again. For, Speaking for, of for podcasts, I would like to be on here more often. Yeah, well, you know, you have to take it up with with, with HR. Uh, you know, we we well, hired a new HR, guy. Oh, I made no, you didn't. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Suit. Nope. Huh. We you, you don't HR. call HR to to jump in on an interview. Like I am HR. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But for, for, all, for all of you at home, for all of you at home, uh, thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, there's been a huge spike. Uh, we've been behind on how many people have actually been listening. There was a bit of a system lag, and I saw that it jumped up quite a bit. So thank you for anyone who's new who's been tuning in because I know there has to be more new people that it wasn't saying before. So thanks to all of you. And, and for real, go check his works out because they're, they're not things that you're seeing every day. I can tell you from like just being the person I am, reading all the things that I do, these aren't typical ideas. So definitely go check it out. Uh, check all the links out that we're going to have in the description. Give this man your money. Give him your <clears throat> freaking money. A little bit and you'll get some great comics. <laughs> yeah. This is I, I think we need to get, get you on the... A Patreon thing too. I I'm just starting a Patreon. I have zero followers, <laughs> but I started it. I put it out there because I've got some cool, like I've got some great variant covers, and I got some great swag and some great original art. So um, I can give people some cool stuff you're not going to get on the Kickstarters or anywhere else. 
but uh, just getting out of the gate with that, trying to figure it out like everything else. You also need a TikTok. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Shit. I know you it sucks, stick, but I can. I hate you for it. So yes, don't do that yeah, to this man. But, but it's just, I can help you streamline at least some of it. I promise, I will do. I, I, am not joking. I will, I will seriously, I will give you what I have knowledge-wise. You I will help you. I can use all the help I can get. So thank you so much. Okay, your, your ideas are fantastic. Love it. So. With that, folks. If you were a snooze fest, I would I would God never say that. Just, <laughs> you're far from a snooze fest. And if I could write yeah. a boring comic book about a sex robot, that would be a that would be an accomplishment. That would, I was going to say that, that might be. actually <laughs> you might get popular from that. That's <laughs> some fucking how the fuck did you pull that? that? <laughs> with, with, with that, everyone. Stay on, stay happy. We will catch you on the next one. And thank you to everyone uh, who is here tonight, to James and Mr. Sean Hainsworth. I hope you all have a great night.